Hi, my name's Samuel Finlay, and you're listening to the Aces Podcast. In this episode, I share a conversation with Aces collaborator and orthopedic surgeon, Associate Professor Claudia DeBella. We speak about her career in medicine and how she got to where she is today, moving to Australia from Italy, her work with Aces, playing professional water polo, and much more. So let's get to our chat. So I'm joined to Associate Professor Claudia DeBella on the podcast today. Claudia, thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure. How are you at the moment? Obviously, COVID's changed our, our work and life um, quite somewhat. How have you been? No, here, here is fine. Obviously, we are in Victoria at the moment, uh, not the best of the, of the times, uh, but we're coping all right. And, um, you know, with, with my kind of work, is, it's one of those things that, you know, we keep, we keep on working um, and uh, uh, we just try and keep safe and, and help everyone else uh, maintain this safety. So jumping into your work, I want to go back to, I guess, the beginning. Uh, so you're an orthopedic surgeon, but I want to know, why did you decide to, you know, start that career path way back in the day? Ah, oh, that's an interesting question. It's, uh, I really don't know. Well, firstly, for sure, I love surgery. I'm a, uh, I, I like um, results, quick results with what I do, and I'm very, you know, handy. Uh, so I like, um, I, just, I just love surgery. Um, I was a professional athlete when I was young. So, oh, really? Um, I, yeah, so my, my, I, was used, I used to play water polo and my goal was to um, help athletes. So uh, originally I thought that um, orthopedics in terms of sport uh, surgery uh, was my, um, you know, my path. But then I just fell in love with the, with the oncology world, which is very different. And yeah. so I married that with, uh, with oncology orthopedics, which is now my subspecialty in orthopedics. Um, and that's, that's a little bit of a, my story in a nutshell. Well, so when you say you were a professional athlete in that field, how, how far did you go with that? Uh, I used to play for um, the junior Italian team in water polo and uh, all, my, all my teammates ended up uh, winning the Olympic Games. Uh, wow. so, uh, I, was, I, was a, I was a professional athlete. I, I won um, the uh, European Championships and Italian Championships a couple of times. Um, and um, yeah, I, I absolutely loved that. But then I had to choose between medicine and, uh, and sport. Um, and I think I did all right. Yeah. So do you still play today? Uh, not much. I have my right rotator cuff is uh, is not playing with me anymore. Oh no! <laughs> um, so I've got a, it's not a proper injury, but I I can't really do overhead activities very you know in a powerful way. Um, but I I, I you know I, I I love still still watching the sport and being in contact with the, um with teams, and I hope my kids maybe one day can. <laughs> so you mentioned that you are you played for the Italian team there. You're originally from Italy, correct? That is correct. Yes, I'm Italian. Right. Whereabouts in Italy? I was born down in the south in Sicily, small, small, uh, small place. And then um, I moved up in the north to do orthopedics because there is a very big orthopedic institute up in Bologna. Uh, and when I decided that I want to do orthopedics, um, you know, in Italy, that's the place to go. It's one of the biggest um, uh, institute in Europe of, uh, of orthopedics. And the University of Bologna is the oldest university in Europe. So it's got very prestigious name. Uh, so I chased that dream. 
Um, and so I graduated in, uh, in Bologna as an orthopedic surgeon and then just fell in love with Australia after six months of uh, research fellowship here in Melbourne and I just uh, didn't look back. Right, so you did both your undergraduate and your postgraduate degree at the University of Bologna? Yes, that's right. So I did, um, well, I, I started university in, Italy, in uh, sorry, down in, in Catania in Sicily, but then I finished my studies, uh, my university degree in Bologna, and then I did my uh, orthopedic training in Bologna as well, yeah. Right, so for, the, for that PhD, what, we, what did you do? Uh, that was half. I was still with the University of Bologna, the PhD, but I finished that when I was already in Australia. So it was uh, half done uh, in, uh, uh, in Bologna and half, half here in, in Australia, but it was awarded by the University of Bologna. Right. And you mentioned coming to Australia. Can you, I guess, talk a little bit how that came about? Well, I, I always loved the research. And during my um, training as an orthopedic surgeon, I did a six months of uh, fellowship. That was actually something a little bit different, was in microsurgery, but still uh, with uh, tissue engineering, a tissue engineering component. Um, so I came here to Australia at the Bernard O'Brien Institute here in Melbourne. Um, and that was just for a six months period. Uh, and I absolutely fell in love with this place. So when I finished my training in Italy, because obviously I had to go back, uh, then I tried everything to come back. And uh, uh, it was a two years of, um, of sweat to be able to come back, <laughs> but it, 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 you know, it paid off in the end. So after your studies, did you jump straight into professional work? Uh, yes. Well, after my studies and, and PhD, I, I did my PhD uh, whilst then I was already working as a, as a consultant orthopedic surgeon. Um, so, and that was in Italy. Um, and then when I came here, I had to still do some um, supervised practice to gain uh, my fellowship uh, as an orthopedic surgeon accredited here in Australia. So it's still, it's still full-time work. Um, and then, you know, research was sort of, you know, on top of that full-time work. It's a little bit, it's a little bit more complicated sometimes as a, as a medical practitioner. So you're at St. Vincent's Hospital in Melbourne. You've been there for a while as well, but you're also a senior research fellow at the University of Melbourne. How did that come about? Uh, well, when I came here, probably it was, you know, maybe I was the right person at the right time because the, the head of unit of orthopedics here at St. Vincent's um, is a very, you know, it's Professor Peter Chung and he's very um, keen on very good quality research. So, you know, that was my background. I used to do research as well when I was in Italy. So um, that was a good, good uh, link uh, for me. And, um, and that's why I started to do research here in Melbourne as well, whilst um, uh, performing, you know, my, my you know, clinical activities as an orthopedic surgeon. Right. And speaking of Professor Peter Chung there, and who's an ACES collaborator, as are you, how did that collaboration begin? Or more so, how did your uh, involvement in that collaboration begin? Obviously, you're working on uh, the BioPen, the Excelda pen. Um, when did you jump into that project? Yeah, that was actually the very, very, very beginning. So when I, when I joined uh, the team of um, Professor Chung, that was literally 10 years ago now. Um, you know, my, my background was in bone uh, tissue engineering and regeneration, um, but uh, he was more uh, keen on exploring the, uh, the field of cartilage tissue engineering. So uh, I sort of reinvented myself and uh, we started uh, working on that. And that's more or less when the collaboration with Professor Gordon Wallace started. Um, and 
uh, we, we're really from, from nothing, from, from ideas, mainly from uh, Peter and Gordon. Uh, then we, we sort of created um, this, this pathway of research. And at the beginning, it was literally simply me, Peter Chung, and a research assistant. Um, and then slowly, uh, we managed to build a team. And I uh, was lucky enough to recruit um, a couple of uh, exceptional researchers from, uh, from Italy, Serena Duchi and Carmina Noprillo. Uh, who really have um, helped significantly on, on building now the kind of uh, uh, research hub that we have uh, created and the work with, uh, with Excel and, you know, the Excel the pen. Right. And a lot of that work obviously has to do with bioprinting and 3D printing. How did you uh, adapt to um, being involved in a project that involves uh, so much work like that? Um, oh, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it is time consuming, but, you know, management, time management is the most important thing and, and collaborations, you know, it's, this is one thing that I learned, um, a lot by, you know, uh, working with Peter and Gordon and is about, you know, using your expertise, expertise for the team. So I can't, I can't know everything and I've got my niche of expertise. And then when you start collaborating with people that have other kind of expertise, then you really build that team that can create something magical. And that's, that's what happened uh, with the biopen and with the biofabrication. Uh, I know, and I have, you know, the expertise on the clinical problem and the issue that we face as surgeons every day. And then simply by talking to people that have other expertise, then you realize, oh, well, you know, your solution for other, for other issues can actually really help the problem that we have here. And that's where, that's the way, you know, you start finding, um, you know, good, good solutions for, uh, for something that hasn't been solved before. Sure. And, you know, just talking about the Biopen and Exceldapen there, that's one project you're working on, but obviously you wear a number of hats. So outside of that project, what are you working on at the moment? Um, so that's one, you're right. Um, being a, an oncology orthopedic surgeon, my uh, love and my other love is helping people with bone cancers. So um, within the, the tissue engineering uh, and the biofabrication lab, we're working on um, building 3D models for osteosarcoma, which is another project in, in that lab. Um, and also there is a lot of uh, clinical research in the world sure. of sarcoma um, that I'm, I'm very interested in. And, and um, I, I supervise a number of students, medical students also, um, that work with me in uh, in clinical research um, so this is for the for you know my research hat um, in terms of practical practical research and then there is all the admin roles that, <laughs> that are on top of that <laughs> so speaking of that hat there how do you go juggling the many hats that you wear uh, I don't know I just I just go with the flow really <laughs> um, it's it's time management as I was saying before uh, it's making sure that I have some really uh, time that is set up only for certain things um, and uh, whatever whatever thing I need to do I just you know if I have two hours I'll just work you know really hard for those two hours because I know that afterwards I have something else I might need to operate or to you know be in clinic um, so it's 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 trying to make the most out of those working hours so how about life outside of work what do you do in your downtime um, well 
it's not really downtime. I have, uh, <laughs> I have a family, I have two young kids, they're four and six. Um, so it's, uh, it's actually harder during the weekend than <laughs> during the work in the week. Uh, I absolutely love that. And that, that is what gives me obviously the, the energy for everything else. Um, so my, my, my after, after work time is spent with the family, um, and lots of sport with them. And I'm, you know, both of them, uh, and my son now that he's a little bit older, um, he, you know, he absolutely loves sport. So we, we, we playing literally everything that has got a ball, uh, we play constantly. So that's, uh, that's, that's my after hours way. Great. And a question I've asked everyone that I get on the podcast is if they've got a morning routine or not, doesn't necessarily have to be a morning routine, but maybe something that they do every single day that helps them and tackle uh, their work. Uh, look, I, I envy people that, uh, you know, that have a morning routine. I, I don't know. I don't. And, and um, you know, sometimes people feel like, oh, if I don't have a morning routine, that means that I'm not well organized enough. And I, I'm happy to say, I don't think that that's the case. I don't have a morning routine because my mornings are always very, very different. There is at times yeah, I when bet. I have meetings at 6.30 and times when I can come to work at 9. Um, so I don't, um, but I, I try and, you know, and keep healthy as much as I can. So one thing that I've changed lately is simply just organizing my, my meals every day because otherwise, you know, with the, with the hectic uh, there you end up just you know eating bites here and there and and then you, you know by you know by mid-afternoon you feel really really tired simply because you haven't eaten well uh, so for me it's trying to really keep healthy at least at least from this side of things um, and then and then enjoying as soon as I as I come back home that's that's uh, that's then when I can really re-enjoy the rest of, of life. So you probably answered this question earlier on, but I wonder if you weren't doing what you do for a living, what do you think you might be doing as another career? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I would have been good at anything else. Well, I don't know, maybe, but no, I'm not. I mean, I was good at sport because I used to use my brain more than my body. I'm not, you know, I'm not super physically strong or, or fast. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I actually don't know if I would have been good at anything else. I used to love uh, thinking that I might have become an architect, maybe. Okay. Uh, but then there was, uh, you know, law of physics that didn't really <laughs> sit with me well. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I would have become a carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think playing sport at that professional level has helped your career? Oh, no doubt about this. I played a team sport and I find them really, um, you know, helping people coping with life because, you know, being in a team is actually then a training for then being in life when you, when you grow up. Um, and it was beautiful. It was one of the most, you know, exciting, uh, experiences that I've had. And I played water polo for, you know, many, 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 many years. Um, it was a fantastic opportunity for me to learn really how a team works and how, you know, be supportive of everyone all the time. And, you know, we all make mistakes and you need to accept your own mistakes and other people's mistakes and learn from them. And that was one of the biggest teaching for me uh, that I think helped me significantly, um, you know, then developing in this career. And that's something that I'm trying to teach my kids as well um, as, you know, as they grow older. 
You know, I guess leading on from that and what you've just said there, I wonder if there's any advice maybe you can give someone who is either thinking about going on a similar career path to yourself in medicine and also uh, about someone, you know, in the world of collaboration and approaching collaboration. Yeah, well, one thing that I say, and especially as a woman in this field, we know that many is just simply never give up. If it is something that you love and you think you you you, you can really uh, follow that path just just keep going because we do have a lot of roadblocks we have a lot of obstacles that often we have to juggle i think about you know when i wanted to come to australia and it took long long time and i had a lot of um you know really stops there and for a moment i thought maybe that's not that's not the thing that you know that that i should do uh, but i i knew deep down that that was the right thing to do. So I think that listening to ourselves and to our, you know, more, you know, more gut feeling kind of thing um, is very, very important. And never, never let anyone tell you no. If it's something that you want to do, um, work the hardest that you can to really achieve that. And uh, probably you will be rewarded. That's, that's one thing that I, that I learned. Uh, and as well, you know, to reconnect with the sport example, you know, I'm not, I'm not, the strongest, the fastest, the tallest, but I managed to play in a very, very successful team and I was a key element in that team. And that means that for me, that you know, no matter what you can what you have, you can give something to a team um, field, a team circumstance. And and that what that is what makes that team exceptional, that you know, everyone brings their own um, expertise um, and and just be yourself. Great advice. So just to finish up the podcast, I wonder if you can maybe speak on any future plans or collaborations and, and also uh, the next step for yourself in the Biopen and Exceldapen project. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where this, this path is going to take me. And that's probably the exciting part of it. I, I, I look in the future and I have all these dreams, but then it's always very, very different. What happens is actually very, very different. Um, and that's similar to what happened to me. You know, I never would have never imagined 10 years ago that I would have ended up in Australia <laughs> doing what I'm doing. Um, so that's, a, that's the beautiful thing. I, I see where things can go. And I hope that, for example, either with the Excel, that we can really reach to the um, final, the commercial um, goal and, and get really in, in, into that field. Um, I just hope that uh, my team can grow. And I, I work for my team and I really hope that the people that I brought here, for example, to um, to Australia, they will grow, becoming professors themselves, and 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 really make their own um, pathway and and you know change uh, things in in their own field. So that's that's a that's but that's a very general you know general pathway, and that's that's one thing that I try to keep. You know, I like to keep it very broad because if I get too much focus on, I want to get just one little goal then you know you tend to get upset if that doesn't happen so it's a it's you know dreaming big thinking big and one step at a time great well thanks so much for joining me it's been a pleasure to chat to you on the podcast and all the best it is my pleasure thank you very much for thanking you sam thanks for listening to the aces podcast for more episodes like this one be sure to subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts you can also find more information about aces on our website electromaterials.edu.au There you'll find links to our various social media platforms and you can also follow me on Twitter at Samuel Finlay Until next time, thanks for listening